Welcome to The Get, the Marketing Talent Podcast. This is your host, Erica Seidel. We explore what it takes to get and keep the best marketing leaders in the B2B SaaS world. Hello to all of our listeners. Uh, this is Erica Seidel. I am podcast today by Lori Cohen, who is a veteran CMO as well as a veteran fractional CMO with a bunch of different growth stage B2B companies. Um, and she's based in the Boston area. So Lori, welcome to the show. Thank you, Erica. Happy to be here. So you, um, uh, you've done a bunch of these different fractional CMO arrangements, and you've kind of gone back and forth to a certain extent between fractional CMO roles and um, I don't want to say having a real job, but, you know, uh, uh, but, you know, full time, you know, uh, engaged uh, CMO roles. Um, some people see the fractional CMO arrangement as a kind of try before you buy on both sides. Um, how does that match your experience? And, and does that try before you buy really work to reduce the risk and get the fit right? Um, so I would say based on my experience, uh, yes. Oftentimes, um, the, the reason for a fractional role is that it might be an early stage company. You know, it's a, it's a Series A company. They know they need marketing. They're really not ready to commit to a full-time marketing role, right? But they also know they can't neglect it entirely. So I think in that case, and in, in one of my, you know, experiences, it was a Series A company, um, I joined it as a fractional uh, CMO, and um, it, I was there for probably about 14 months um, before it made sense for them to um, make it a full-time role. And in that particular instance, I decided that I wasn't really interested in flipping to full-time. I was actually doing two partial uh, CMO roles at that point. And so what I did is I went out and I helped them recruit the right candidate for their for the job to take it on full time. Um, and so for the company, it was great in the sense that they got, a, you know, they they had somebody running marketing that really put together the tech stack, pivoted the brand, built a website, started lead gen, even did a conference in the middle of August with like 125 people. Um, and built it to a point where it made sense to bring in a full-time hire. Great, great. So if we take a step back, um, you know, because you've been on both sides of the table as full-time and fractional, um, how are the uh, experiences and the approaches different uh, when, you know, across these two experiences? In, in both scenarios, like the, the skills that you need are the same uh, as if you were taking on the job full time, right? Mm -hmm. um, you, what, what are some of the things that lead towards your success? Well, you know, I think most CMOs will agree that it's critical to have a really solid relationship with the CEO, number one, and that you really need to share the same goals and vision for where you're driving the company, whether you're doing it, you know, as a full time person or as a fractional person. And then the second thing is you have to build trust with the small team and the rest of the senior senior managers. So I don't think those things are different. What I think is a little bit different is, um, in my case, when I was doing two roles at the same time, I basically um, 
had an exit plan, so to speak, mm -hmm. so that I was really able to, one, try to do the best job for the company um, and speak my mind and not have to be super political because, you know, I felt my job was really to do the best job for the company. And um, if there, you know, if there were conflicts or it didn't make sense moving forward, I could always, you know, shift from one uh, part-time role to another, if that makes sense. I think that's fascinating. So it's like you work with two companies at once. You have this uh, diversified portfolio in a sense. And so you have a fallback. You can be more, um, yeah, you can take more risks. You can be more more kind of assertive with what you say and what you do, thinking about it from a purely, you know, personal standpoint. But I like what you're saying, like put, do what's best for the business as opposed to do what's best for your own career because your own career, you're kind of managing it in that situation, like outside of the company. Yeah, and I think, you know, so I think that is one sort of uh, one sort of benefit um, because you're not, um, well, because you're, you, all your eggs aren't in one basket, so to speak, yeah. right? And you're able to, I know in my case, I was able to kind of manage two very different companies, right? Um, but if you ask either company, they... I think both sort of in some ways felt that I was working for them full time, mm -hmm. which I think is truly the trick, right? Mm -hmm. um, you need to you need to be an uber consultant, right? In the sense that you have to constantly be balancing uh, the workload, right? Because there are often times when one shoots up greatly. Oh my God, we have to launch a new site and we have to launch mm -hmm. it in two months, right? Mm -hmm. Well, how does that impact your other gig, right? So you need to always be, you know, balancing your time so that both of your clients know you're working for two companies and that's what you're doing, but they can they can never feel neglected. So it's mm -hmm. a lot of time management and a lot of relationship management. Um, yeah. In my cases, when I was doing both at the same time, one was local, one was in Cambridge, and the other one was a virtual company. So my boss was actually in California, and the team was all over the country, and we would meet like twice a month in Charleston, South Carolina. So yeah. when it was virtual like that, it was a little easier because, you know, I could make my phone calls, send my emails, et cetera, et cetera, anytime, versus... Uh, with the one in Cambridge, I actually went on site two and a half days a week. When you're a consultant, you can kind of tell the truth a little bit more, maybe with a little bit more abandon than you can um, sometimes when you're when you're full time. Uh, can you can you talk about that and and whether you agree, whether you you know challenge can challenge a CEO a little bit more from the outside than from the inside? Yeah, I think that's an excellent question. Um, so as a consultant, um, I really do feel that you can be a little bit more challenging because that's what you've been paid for, right? So you've really been paid to do a deep dive into the business and come back with recommendations. And I feel that if your recommendations are supported by data and they're supported by a lot of conversations, uh, and a lot of quantitative and qualitative research, that's how you deliver the message. Um, and I think that's what 
the CEO is paying you to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, if it's backed up by data, it's hard, you know, it's hard to um, kind of challenge that. It's less about the CMO um, filling a box on an org chart. Um, oh, we need a CMO, let's put this person in. And it's more about identify what the business problem is that, that, the, that, that is being faced and have, the CM, have that fractional person come in and solve that problem. And it's a, exactly. it's a slight pivot. So, yes, yeah. I, I think that that's true. And that's where, you know, the hope is that what's being called upon is your deep experience, right? I've seen this problem before. I've seen it at other companies. This is my approach to solving it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can you talk about how fractional CMOs and consulting CMOs uh, should, should um, differentiate themselves and themselves because it does seem like there's a lot of people and I think with the economy potentially quaking you know, there'll be more people out that are um, uh, kind of you know hanging their shingle to be marketing consultants and mm-hmm. so how can they differentiate themselves mm-hmm. one from mm-hmm. the next okay so so in thinking of my own career typically as a consultant it was all project-based So it was, you know, you write the proposal, this is the project, this is the time frame, this is the fees, et cetera. And then once you finish that project, you might go on and do a second project, right? Yeah. As a fractional CMO, it's more like you're hired essentially as an employee, right? You you might still be paid as a consultant, but you're you're essentially uh, uh, an employee of that company. And in, in, in my instance, when I was doing it with two projects, that's how it worked. I was, I was an employee of one of my clients. So, um, and then um, I was a, a fractional with a second where I was essentially, you know, a 1099 employee, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and, but it was, but it was long-term, right? It wasn't, you're just here. Uh, to do this project, it's here. You're you're here to run the department. You're here mm-hmm. to you know to grow the brand. You're here to do lead generation, etc. So you're really playing the role of the CMO. You're just not doing it full time, and you may not be doing it full time again because it's an early stage company. You may not be doing it full time because in the other instance, they they frankly couldn't afford me full time, my full yeah. loaded salary but I could be efficient enough to get them what they needed with half time. You know, we always talk about marketing, right? Um, You know, when we're marketing for a company, how critical it is to segment your market, right? Figure out what the personas are and specifically target them. I think as a fractional CMO or as a consultant, you shouldn't be afraid to go uh, narrow, right? Yeah. Um, because you're not going to be the right, you're not going to be the right candidate for every single opportunity. So go narrow, go with what you're the best at. That doesn't mean you can't do the other things, right? Because if you are a CMO at that point in your career, you pretty much know how to do everything. You may Mm. just gravitate and have deeper knowledge in certain, you know, uh, buckets than other buckets. But I think you're much better off kind of going to the market narrow 
yeah. uh, narrowly than just broadly. No, exactly. When I started my recruiting practice, I had a coach who said to me, Erica, um, yes, go narrow. I like that language, go narrow, but then let your clients broaden your your bandwidth, um, you know, and, and broaden what you do. Like, so you don't say, oh, I can recruit for A, B, and C. Say, I can recruit for A. And then once you're in there, you know, you do a great job for A. And then they say, oh, can you recruit for A and B or A and A and C or, you know, and then and then you decide from there. And I, I think that that matches nicely what you're proposing here. Yes. I, yes. And, and I take it it worked for your business, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm still like, you know, if, like to your point, being narrow, if, if it's just one person um, or one person plus, you know, a couple of other associates. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need a hundred projects in a year, you know. Right, right, um, right. And and so it's fine to be um, it's fine to be narrow, and I think it's 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 just about finding that um, that niche that um, that that where there's a need, and also where you can describe the niche in a way that that um, that resonates with the market. You know, maybe it's a kind of a fresh way of talking about your mm -hmm. niche, but um, but making sure that it. It's a need. It's a need, and it's and, and when you when you talk about that, people people grok it and uh, and glom onto it. Absolutely. And the other thing that I would say, and I think it I would reinforce what you're saying as well, is when you think about you know fractional uh, roles or consulting roles, chances are you have deep networks of people that you can call in to do the to do some of the work and the tasks that you need. Mm -hmm. Because you're in that environment already, right? Yeah. So you know the person who's awesome at Salesforce or plumbing, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody who could really uh, get Salesforce and, and HubSpot or Salesforce and Pardot working well together, right? Yeah. Um, and or you may you may know how great, you know, kind of freelance designer who can come in and really create some great ads for you. But that's what I do find. Um, it's not just, you're not just, they're not just hiring you, they're hiring your network that you could yeah. bring with you. And oftentimes when you're going from just a full-time role to a full-time role to a full-time role, mm. you, you have very different networks, right? Mm. Um, and so I think that's something to think about in terms of the value that fractional CMOs or consultants can bring to the party. Right, right. That's well said. Yeah. Um, very interesting. Well, thank you so much for joining the show. We are out of time, but uh, really appreciate you contributing all of these great insights. So thank you, Lori. Oh, thank you. It was fun. Thanks for joining us today for The Get. Join us next time with another guest. Till then, follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify so you don't miss a thing.